Hi, and welcome to Applewood Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. If you are new to our podcast or maybe new to our church in general, none of us have it together, but we're here to worship the one who holds us together, and that is Jesus Christ. We hope that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and strengthens your heart as you continue your walk with Christ. So let's join Pastor Derek for today's message. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Many of us know this verse. John 3, 16 is one of the most popular verses throughout the world. Many call it the gospel in a nutshell. And this verse tends to show up all over the place nowadays. All right, how many of you have eaten at the new In-N-Out Burger in Aurora? All right, show of hands. All right, some of you, last service, someone, we had two people that stood in line for 12 hours in order to get a burger. We prayed for them at the end of service, all right? But if you go to In-N-Out Burger at the bottom of the rim of every cup, what does it say? John 316. Another store, Forever 21. Some of you shop there. It's in the mills. It's in a lot of different malls. I don't. I just want to say that, right? But if you look at their bags, what's on the bottom of their bag? Forever 21 bag. What does it say? John 316. My youngest son, I have three boys. My three-year-old is obsessed with monster trucks. And there is a driver, Devin Jones, who drives for Monster Jam. His truck is a barbarian. And look what he says on the bottom. John 3.16. Charles Schultz, the famous author of the comic strip Peanuts, right? He even in his comic strip referenced John 3.16. Let's see that right there. Pretty amazing. One of the most famous, 2009 Tim Tebow quarterback, the Florida Gators in the championship game playing the Oklahoma Sooners. And what does Tim Tebow do? With tape under his eyes, he puts what? John 3.16. That day alone, 94 million people Googled that verse. It's one of the most important messages in the entire world. This is one of the most important messages for you sitting here sometime in your life that you would see and understand the purpose behind John 3.16. And really, this is what Christmas is all about. This is what gives us the significance of Christmas, that God loved the world. He loves you. He loves me, that he sent his one and only son into this world. Some of you might be here tonight. It's been a tough year, 2020. You might be beat up and discouraged and even sitting here. There's a smile on your face, but on the inside, you're questioning, does God love me? God, do you love me? It doesn't feel like it. Where are you? And I love this verse because right off the bat, John says, God does love you. How do we know he loves you? He sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world. Christmas is a sign, is an example of God's love for you. He sent his one and only son, the one in whom he was well pleased, the one in whom he loved, the one in whom he gave everything into his hands, the one in he highly exalted, the one he gave the name higher than any other name, his son Jesus, he sent into this world for you. You would see it for me. Well, Pastor, what's the big deal about this? I mean, I know that verse. I just don't understand. What's the big deal? Here's the big deal. As you learn the Bible, the Bible tells us in Genesis 3, at the very beginning, Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God, and something terribly happened. 
Everything got wrecked because of sin. Sin came into the world. And because of their disobedience, everyone, they died spiritually. And everyone born is dead spiritually. We don't have a chance. What do you mean? I'm not born good? No. The Bible says because of their sin, we're all born separated from God. We're his enemies. We live lives hostile to the kingdom of God. If we have not seen what Christ accomplished on the cross. Well, Derek, that's kind of Glenn. Well, that's only half the picture. This is how we know God loves us. He didn't leave us there. This is the message of Christmas. Christ came into the world, and this is a gift. And what is he saying? He's saying, listen, do you see this? Do you understand this? Why is this a gift? In order to get to heaven, you have to be perfect. You can't be good. There's no one who is good. You have to be perfect. Jesus said that. You have to be perfect like my father. And I meet people all the time. You might be sitting here tonight or watching online and you feel like when you stand before God, if God took your life tonight, just because you're not as bad as some of the worst criminals that God's going to let you into heaven, the answer is absolutely not. Here's what it takes. You have to be perfect. And you and I don't have a chance. And what's amazing is right after the fall in Genesis 3, Christmas, the Christmas message shows up. Right after the fall, what does God say? He says, I'm going to send my son, the seed of the woman, into the world. And what is he going to do? He's going to crush the serpent's head. He's going to defeat death and sin. And we know as we read scripture, Jesus lived the perfect life. He lived the life that you and I never could he lived it. He was the perfect spotless lamb. Did not sin. And if you believe in him, you get his righteousness. You get his perfection. Not only did he live a perfect life, what does the Bible say? He went to the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. All the things you and I have done. All the lies, the lust, the anger, the stealing, all of that. Jesus went to the cross to pay the penalty for the judgment we deserved. I mean, think about it. The crown of thorns, the whips, the lashing, the abuse, the suffering, the nails in his hands and his feet that we deserve, the spear in his side, the rejection of God. Why? Jesus took all of God's wrath upon himself for your sin and my sin if we believe that this is the gift of Christmas. Well, Pastor Eric, this is awesome. I mean, how could you not want that gift? How can you sit here and just say, absolutely not, I don't want it. This is why we celebrate. Why do we sing? Why are we excited? Because our relationship can, with God can be restored through the child of Christmas, Jesus Christ. Well, how do you receive that? I want that. How do you receive this gift? John 3.16 mentions it. God loved the world. He gave a son that whoever believes in him will not perish. What does it mean to believe in him? If I see the gift and I want the gift and I have to believe in him, what does that mean? To trust in him fully, to place confidence in him, to believe it's true. If that is you tonight, what does that look like? Those who believe in this Jesus. We see in scripture, friends, there are three types of belief that we're gonna talk about briefly. And no matter who you are tonight or watching online, you fit into one of these categories of belief. And there's only one of these categories that leads to eternal life. And my prayer as a pastor, your pastor, your friend, is that this would be the type of belief you have that turns to eternal life. 
What's the first type of belief? This is disbelief. This is the person who sees this gift or, or, or just rejects it. They don't want nothing to do with it. It's a fairy tale. Jesus is a lunatic. He's a liar. People who are blind to Christmas. These are the people who acknowledge that God gave them a gift of their life. But when they see that gift, they just flat out, they don't believe it. Disbelief. The Bible is full of these people. In John 6, Jesus said there was some disciples, followers of him. After they heard his message about him being the bread of life and that he was foreshadowing the Lord's Supper that we as believers celebrate his body being broken, his blood being shed, that they thought he was crazy. And what did they do? They walked away. They couldn't believe it. We see his hometown in Mark 6 in Nazareth. There were those there. They saw the miracles, and guess what? They saw Jesus as the gift, and they just don't want it. They didn't believe it. He is the son of Mary. He couldn't be the son of God. And then you have the religious leaders. They ask Jesus, are you the Christ? And nobody knows what he says. He says, if I told you, you wouldn't even believe me. You might be here tonight, and this is you. You come here because of tradition. You're watching online. And you hear this message, you've heard it your whole life, and yet still in your heart, it's just disbelief. That was me for 17 years of my life. My mom would tell me the gospel. My mom would tell me the meaning of Christmas. And for 17 years, I just disbelieved. I thought Christianity was a crutch until one day my eyes were open. But for 17 years, that was me. That was the belief I had. The second type of belief is a belief about Jesus without surrender. These are the people who believe in Jesus but have never been born again. It's all in their head but not in their hearts. They understand who he is and what he's done and they know scriptures and they know stories and they've been to church and they constantly taste and taste and taste what the kingdom of God is like but there's never surrender. There's no change. They're the type of person who has their life and they see Jesus' life and they're like, hey, I'll take that. I want this gift. I want my life and Jesus' life. And they want to keep both of them. They want the best of both worlds. And year after year, their lives don't change and there's no sanctification. And they casually encounter Christ throughout the year. But there's no surrender. There's no commitment. They hold on to both of them. And if you ask them, they're believers, but they've never surrendered. They've never changed. They've never been born again. They worship God based on tradition and duty. But if God looked at their heart, there's no love. There's no love. We see this throughout the Bible as well, this type of belief. This is the type of belief the demons have. Remember when the demons encountered Christ, they didn't call him a teacher. They didn't call him a prophet. In Mark 1, the demon says, you are the Holy One of God. They, they saw it. You are the Holy One of God. We know what you're doing. But there was no surrender. They had a different master. Not only with the demons, the rich young ruler in Matthew 19, church, this was a righteous guy, a moral guy who was trying to do all of these things. And he shows up to Jesus. And what does he call Jesus? He calls him master, 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 master. Three times the rich young ruler calls him master. 
He sees clearly, but Jesus says, he asked him, what do I have to do to have eternal life? And Jesus knew, you need to surrender your life. And what happened? He didn't want to. And he walked away sad. Not only with demons or the rich young ruler, there was those in Matthew. They didn't call Jesus master. They called him Lord. Lord, Lord, these were ones who called him Lord and they were prophesying and they were doing all these miracles in God's name. And what does Jesus say? You call me Lord, Lord. You you call me Savior. You call me King. You call me Lord. You do all these things, but yet I don't know you. Depart from me. This seems to be the worst kind of belief because this person, there's no fear. At least the disbelief, there's fear if they're wrong, they're going to spend eternity in hell. There's fear, this type of belief, there's no fear. It's like Jesus speaking to Nicodemus in this text in John 3. Nicodemus was a righteous man. He was a holy man. He was a respected man. He thought for sure he was saved. And Jesus says, there's one thing you lack, being born again. Jesus speaking to the church in Laodicea, Revelation 3, what does he say? Jesus says, either be hot or cold. Either be hot or cold. Jesus said, I'd rather you not believe than be in the middle. Either be all in or not in. For me, you represent me. This faith does not lead to eternal life. Friends, if this is the faith that you relate to where you're holding on to both, it doesn't lead to eternal life. There's one type of faith that leads to eternal life. This is our last one. Belief that leads to salvation. What does that look like? These are those who see the gift, see Christmas. They see the son. And as a response, they love him. They want to live for him. They want to tell the world about him. They want to glorify God with every breath they take. This is the person who has their life. And when they see this gift of Jesus Christ and they receive it as a response to this gift, out of love, not religion, not duty, not obligation because of love. What do they do? They surrender their life and they acknowledge you purchased me by the blood of Christ. I want to live for you. And it changes everything. This is the belief that leads to salvation. Do you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Well, Pastor Derek, what does it look like It starts with confession. Have you confessed him as Lord? Have you confessed him as Lord? What does that mean? Is he Lord of your life? Does he rule your life? Do you submit to him in humility and his word and say, Lord, it's not about me anymore. If you say it's right, I want to do it. If you say it's wrong, I don't want to do it. Have you called him Lord and confessed your sins? Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. It starts with confessing him as Lord. Next is their true repentance, change of direction. Have you turned away from sin? No one who truly encounters Christ lives in sin. Anyone in light doesn't live in darkness, Jesus says. He places his Holy Spirit inside of you if you've trusted in the gift. And now you desire to walk in light for his glory. Doesn't matter if you've walked an aisle. It doesn't matter if a pastor looked at you and said, hey, you said this, you're saved. Is there a repentance? Has there been a change in your life? 
from darkness to light. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Do you follow his voice? Before you saw the gift of Christmas, you followed your own voice and you did whatever you wanted. Those who truly know the shepherd will hear his voice and follow him. Is there a relationship? Do you love him? Do you know him? Would your life be characterized as being intimate with him? Where he's first. There's a confession. There's a repentance. There's a relationship. And your life will bear fruit. What does that mean? You'll become sanctified. God promises once you surrender and believe in him and born again, what happens? His spirit gets put in you. And what does God promise? He starts working and anything he started, he's going to do what? He's going to bring to completion. So are we more like Jesus this Christmas than we were last Christmas? Are we more like Jesus now than we were three years ago? Those who are born of the spirit, this is what the spirit does. And our lives will produce fruit. Friends, there's three types of belief. Disbelief, a belief without surrender, and a belief that leads to salvation. Christ is more precious than anything in the world. He's more valuable than anything in the world. And I pray for you to lose your life and to gain eternity, there's no greater joy. Nothing can compare to the reward. And what does John 3, 16 end with? Those who do this, trust in Jesus Christ, will not perish, but have what? Eternal life, you'll live forever. Just like Christ reigns forever, abundant life, eternal, incorruptible. This is the greatest gift the world will ever know. What in this world is better than that? Nothing. May God allow you to see how beautiful and wonderful this child of Christmas truly is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life.